John, how the hell are you? Hello, gentlemen. You guys doing all right? You know, we're it's it's wine all day. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm doing better now. Oh my goodness, kidding. That's my first sip as I popped it open. The whole purpose of this so that I can continue to learn. Exactly. Let's do this. Cheers. All cheers, right, cheers, cheers to you. Welcome to Career Crossroads Uncorked, a series of member chats inspired by good drinks and current talent acquisition trends. Your hosts, Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin, break down today's recruiting headlines while reviewing a select beverage of choice with industry leaders and influencers. Join us for a drink and conversation. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Career Crossroads Uncorked. Uh, already started a little bit. Uh, but we are excited to have John Gotham uh, join us. And John, we'll give you a second to, to chime in here real quick. And tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, but, but let's talk first about what's the most important thing of the call. What wine did you pick for us for Jerry and I to drink with you today? So, yeah, it was, uh, like I mentioned, it was uh, Wall Street Journal specifically. Um, it's a, a Cabernet Navarra. Um, but it came directly from a case that my wife had gotten from there that advised from my father-in-law. So it's a, it's a 4.1 2019. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. And so now secondly, who are you, John? What do you do? Uh, John Gotham. I work at Kimberly Clark. I've been here just over 10 years. Known Jerry and Chris for my duration here at Kimberly Clark, it's been a blast being a part of Career Crossroads, but uh, my role and responsibilities oversee our talent acquisition, uh, which is encompassing our North American delivery recruiting, our executive recruiting, and then our global COE. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And so are you going to be singing any Spanish opera? That's, <laughs> I think that's the question. <laughs> we need Franz Mayhew. Hopefully he's watching this because you remember when he got up, <laughs> that's hilarious. Not today. That's a Franz. The Franz Mayhew is the one that's going to. That that is one of my top five colloquium meeting <laughs> memories of all time. We're in was it Barcelona? It was in Madrid. 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 We're in yeah. Madrid. We're in this crazy restaurant that it took us forever to find. Yeah. Right. They had the big hidden door, and we weren't sure if it was even open when we got there. And the door creaks open. You know, big door opens up. And they let us in and it's this gorgeous restaurant. And halfway through the meal, I guess, <laughs> these singers showed up. Well, opera singers, yes. I mean, was, serious singers. And Franz yeah. knew what was going down or something like that because he got up there and started, remember that? He got up there yeah. and started like waving his napkin and- Yeah, he was belted out. out. That was a trip. That, too bad we should have just had Franz come in a little special appearance just to give us the- Give us the rundown again. The opera. Do you, you think it, you think he would have belted it out with us for us on the call? I feel bad. We hands down, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a blast. That was when uh, we hosted the event in Madrid. So, yeah, guys, you were wonderful hosts. We were just uh, Jerry and I were just talking. Uh, well, last week, like we're trying to plan next year, and where where do we go internationally? And we're like, you know, maybe we could get John back out to Spain. Maybe that would be good. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You gotta look that up. See, see on the calendar. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're bucking, but maybe bucking for Asia. Asia might be a good one. We haven't done that. That would be a lot of fun too. Gosh, yeah. It's exciting to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, travel. We're gonna actually do that. Oh my gosh, I, I can't even imagine. I, I will tell you, John. I the first trip I made in fourteen months was last week to go out and see Chris out in Carmel. And I had forgotten how to pack. So, you know, I, it was like, uh, where's my stuff? Oh, oh, it's not organized the way I normally would have it. So I could pack in five minutes. It took like an hour to figure out, you know, packing for three freaking days. So, there, you know, have, where's, my, where's that pouch that I put my, you know, stuff in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I had to re-find everything. Well, but, you know, power travelers like Jerry, if you've ever seen those spy movies and they have go bags, yeah, right. like if everything goes wrong, they punch through a wall, they pull a bag out, and it's got everything they need for a week. All to go of in. us have that, though. You know, we, we, we all have that. We, we go into conferences, we're doing the whatever. Every few weeks we're on the road, you know. So when you go from 100,000 miles plus to zero for a year, 
you, it's it's you're getting back up on that bike that's getting you a little bit of a you know a trepidation but i'm looking uh, forward to it john i am a good, yeah, good place I, where we can all go i had it down to a science john uh and jerry i had it down to a science where i could literally would come home take the dirty clothes and drop them at the dry cleaners get to get to the home pull three or four you know combos out shove them back in the bag and leave in the morning leave out the next morning and use my dop kit in in my my own bathroom like i would have on the road in the hotel for a full year just doing that oh my gosh that's crazy yeah it's been nice staying at home a little bit too i'm ready to get back out yeah um just kind of slowing down the pace a little bit it's been nice if Jerry, you've grabbed the you grabbed the airstream airstream during that right I, yes, uh, I ha actually had a smaller Airstream, but I upgraded when the pandemic hit to a much bigger one, um, yeah. you know, thinking, oh my God, I, I may have to live in something for a while rather than this little sports thing. So yes, I, I now have a really nice Airstream that is just waiting for an opportunity to take <laughs> a long trip south you know, or across country or something else. And then my fantasy is in every city stopping and um, having a dinner, maybe with a different sponsor. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we've already had offers for this. Every time I tell somebody this fantasy, um, the vendor goes, oh, I'll, I'll do that city and that city and that city. I'm going, all right yeah i can i can do it as long as you just pay for food maybe we should crowdsource your 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 u.s tour jerry and and people vote you know, up what cities they want to see you in i know that madeline wants boston and you know a couple of the others i i will tell you so the cool thing and then i'm going to shut up for, for a while <laughs> um i i uh, just paid some money to belong to something called harvest host okay. is the name of it and essentially what it is, is three, it, they have 3,000 volunteers across the United States to put you up, you're, you're, you know, so you, you drive in with a rig and uh, they'll put you up uh, for one night. You have to let them know in advance and you have to show up during their, uh, their hours so that you can you can say hi to them. The volunteers, uh, in some cases, are people with 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 uh, room in in their driveway, but in other, uh, we're talking three thousand, but but four hundred of them are golf courses. Interesting. And many of the golf courses don't require that you actually play on the golf course, but you could. Um, there are about 500 uh, breweries where you can you can park overnight in your in your airstream, um, and of course it's recommended that you go in, you say hi, you you purchase something as a way of thank you, and you don't make a lot of noise and you don't you know mess up. The requirements are you have to have a toilet in your in your thing that's that goes into um, you know it, that stays in in there, and then you have to have uh, a kitchen where you can cook your own stuff if you need to. Jerry, I'm just curious. <clears throat> that sounds fascinating, but if if it's a home with a driveway, what exactly do you have to go inside and buy? I have no idea. There's, there's not that many of them. Most of these are attractions, golf courses, breweries, and farms, and farms. A lot we're gonna of the, need, a, we're a, gonna lot need of that, a tracker. We're gonna need to put a tracker on you. If that. <laughs> I, I, but I love the idea because you're not, you're not forced to go to a campground that may be full, and may be creating some other kinds of issues for you. Um, but you have to be self-contained. So obviously it makes sense to bring along a generator that you can plug in and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's interesting. My in-laws 
they, he, they, my father-in-law retired right before the pandemic and he's like, we were planning on traveling all over the place. So we talked him into getting an RV. So they ended up getting an RV and then a month later they upgraded it to a bigger RV. So one other trick that they taught us was uh, vineyards do it too. Have you heard that? Well, first of all, Walmarts, if you ever get stranded and you can't find your campsite, you could stay in a Walmart. Yep. Vineyards, suppose yep. most vineyards do that too. I don't know if you've heard that. I'm sorry, vineyards are one of the filters. Oh, I, one I, of the filters. I didn't say that, did I? Okay. I said breweries. So there are breweries, there are farms, there are vineyards. And um, and so my, my cousin's camp out is in Cape May. And I've already checked and I'm going to go down a, a day early and stay at a vineyard about five miles from where the campground is that that I'll be for the rest of the week. Very cool. That is all. It is. I, I, I find this absolutely fascinating. So, Jerry, do you pay, you pay for this service? Uh, you pay, I think it was 70 bucks for a year mm -hmm. to be able to um, use their tool. So they have an app. And the app allows you to search a whole bunch of different ways. But one of the ways that you can search is to put in where you're driving from and where you're going to. And then along the way, you can, you can filter within 10 miles of this route, what are the breweries, vineyards, whatever, and where are they? And you get a map showing exactly where they are. When you click on any one of them, it gives you information about the name, uh, the name of the person that you should contact. Um, you know that whole thing. So you you have literally everything in front of you to set up your route, and and never have to spend a dime at a campground. But you know you're gonna buy, you're gonna have dinner anyway. So why not stop at a grill? Hmm. Or Absolutely. that's outstanding. Or vineyard. Or brewery. Right. Or yeah, four. I, 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 I have an I have an elevated interest since the pandemic of those big Mercedes vans. Oh yeah. So Airstream has has four variations on that built on a Mercedes van. Yeah, and I, yeah. I don't want the I want the wet you know the wet shower I guess is what it's yeah. called. Oh sure. Yeah. So you got that in there. And, but but my thought like when it went to price those out for the, the pandemic. Million dollars. Through the roof, but the markup's crazy because of what? Oh, it's ridiculous! But I, I have a theory that when everything opens back up, we're going to see a lot of used vans hit the market, and that, and maybe I'll pick one up then. No, I will tell you that no? if you wanted if you wanted to buy an Airstream today, you would wait a year. No, no, I'm not talking about getting an Airstream. I'm talking about one of those big. Doesn't have to be Mercedes, but those big tour oh, vans. If the big wanna, ones. Oh, the big tour vans. Oh, those are. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Million dollars plus. John knows what I'm talking. They're not a million dollars, Jerry. They're like seventy grand. They're anywhere no, from That's not a big. That's not a big tour van. That's not what? a big tour van. That's a. That's a local Winnebago. That's you know two years old. And yes, they're no. they're twenty grand, fifty grand. No, grand. no, not the same. It's not as bougie as an Airstream, but but it's not as bad as like your uncle's van. <laughs> It says free t-shirts on it. It's not, this is not the same thing. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. I'll have to look it up. But, but the, the my prediction is that we're going to see a lot of those things go back on the market and that there'll be an opening for like used stuff where people were suddenly, there's, you know, there's a big market lives. for all of those. There really is a big market for all those, but, but they also, you know, depending upon the, the, who it is in the brand, after a couple of years, they, they start needing a lot of maintenance and appreciate pretty quickly. John, have you seen that movie um, that just came out? Uh, no Man Land. No Mad Land. No, I am looking good? forward to it. I am so good. looking forward. I'm writing to it down. Well, tell me more about it. Uh, so it is. It's. It, it seems to be uh, part documentary, part film, because there are awful lot of people in there. I can't believe we're actors. I think they're actual people that were that were found discovered in, during True, the film but the, the key actors the key players yes are are people who've won oscars and oh yeah yeah there's four or five people in there you'll recognize but then there's just a shitload of people that that i mean i just i think they're a little bit more than extras i think they're actually people that are living this lifestyle but this woman uh who is widowed uh it suddenly becomes 
uh, this nomad. She lives a nomad nomadic lifestyle. She it's implied she lost her home, mm-hmm. uh, and she was a substitute teacher, and she's done all these kind of jobs. And then when her husband passes away from this this small town that they were in, the town basically shuts down. Right? It it loses its zip code in under a year. Right. Like it just it just implodes, and so suddenly she, suddenly she's without a home. Not homeless, but without a home. And so she begins this nomadic journey in her van and and finds these communities out on the road that literally travel from region to region or area to area and apparently and i have to validate this this was the impression i got amazon has some sort of uh workforce uh these these yeah right these these i can i can validate that it's really fascinating they i don't want to spoil anything they do a really good job but it's you would think it's going to be too slow to watch, but you're just so engaged in how she's living and the challenges that she's got and the people that she meets. And Jerry, I don't know if it's because we're burners that we love it, but there's a really, and they actually make a reference of, you know, leave, pack in, you pack out, right? Leave, leave no trace behind type of thing. And it's, it's, I highly recommend it. It's really There are hundreds of thousands of people who, who have no home, and are living in RVs in a variety of different ways um, all over the country. I'm fine. I found that fascinating. There are 50,000 airstreams in which people are 100% living in the airstream. Yeah, none of these That's people in the just movie. Just that brand. These are these are Scooby Doo vans. Yeah. These are uh, you know so modified. Add all those other things yeah. into that. So John, you have to be a nomad. I will. And you, what what vehicle do you pick as your nomadic? Oh yeah, uh, palace. I'm I'm gonna do it. You know, so uh, a couple of years ago we took. Oh, it's already it's part of my retirement plan. Really? Oh, hands down. Um, a couple of years ago, more than a couple, it was probably five years ago. We went to we flew into uh, Vegas, drove the RV down Vegas Strip, and then went to the Grand or then went to Death Valley. Went mm-hmm. to Joshua Tree, and then we ended at Disney. I have kids. So then we stopped a bunch of places all, along the way. We fell in love with it. It was so much fun. So then we did uh-huh. it again. We did the whole state of Florida. Uh, since I live in Atlanta, we went down the down one side of Florida, stayed in the Keys. We stayed a couple spots, stayed in the Keys for a couple days, and then worked our way back up the other side. And mm-hmm. we absolutely love it. So my retirement plan is to get an RV of a large size, um, depending on you know where we are in our life, if we have grandkids or not. Um, we'll have it big enough so that family members could come see us where we are. But the ultimate goal is when we were in, I can't remember if we were, I think we were in Death Valley, bumped into a guy that had, his goal was to hit all the national parks in one year. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I'm going to do it in one year, but the goal is to take a, whatever, make it, maybe one year and knock out a bunch of them. And then another part of the year, knock out the bunch. But then I want to add baseball um, diamonds or just baseball stadiums and then i love sec football so i want to add that to it so yeah i will be a nomad in my truly get rid of the house oh i will probably keep that keep a house or downgrade to an apartment or something of that nature at least to keep our belongings in to come back for thanksgiving or christmas or maybe it's just going to be like hey we're going to be in such and such if anybody wants to join us come fly to see us Uh, there's a guy i knew so when i joined the military he's a little bit he's a family friend so he was in the military so he's older than me generation older he, the last half of his life, he retired from the military, sold everything, absolutely everything. And he and his partner, uh, she and him bought an RV. And I think they, they have a truck that they tow with them. And that's it. And they travel all over the United States. And I guess their goal is to do that as long as they can, like health willing. And then they'll find a retirement place to, you know, retirement community to get into. But they just they just pull up, park outside, spend the night. You don't have room inside. They sleep out on the curb, like not on the curb, but you know, in the RV. And I I find that fascinating. It and I, I don't know if I'll be able to do it right now. It sounds so exciting because I love to travel. But goodness, I I don't know if my wife and I will get too claustrophobic. You know, like like we'll have to get a really big one or I'll end up getting two of them. Like hey, yeah, let me get the next fire. You know that that you and your your spouse, your significant other, your whatever, um, is equally in, in involved. Yeah, 
Um, my, my wife is not interested in doing this thing on a, on a regular <laughs> basis. But, but I, I will tell you that I, I would do this. I would do this in a minute. I would sell both my homes. I would sell everything. I would be done. And, and I have cousins literally everywhere. So, you know, I can, I can find people that I know or friends or whatever to go hang out with, you know, literally all over the United States. So <clears throat> why not? I, I think I could do it. Now, I don't know that I could do it for the rest of my days. But no, I do no, think, I, but I think, like I think for a period, of t- it's like everything. You, you're not going to be in the same job. I mean, we've all had different jobs, et cetera. The, the reality is to, to have, to be kind of footloose and fancy free for a year. Yeah. It's a year. Tour. I think is a bit of a fantasy that, you know, be kind of fun if it goes a little longer, a little shorter, whatever. But, you know, I, I think that's, what's, you know, cool about all those folks. They show up in different places. Um, they make friends there. So the fact is they're, you go to these places and there are other people just like you there. So, you, you know, it's fun to share, share some of what you're cooking or some of the conversation. So it's an easy community to engage in and Airstream being such a, a, a weird icon has something like 60 or 70 um, places around the United States that are exclusively Airstream. You can't go in unless you have an Airstream. I don't know if I want to be part of that community, Jerry. They're they're a little bit, you know, I I have not gone to any of those places, but obviously they can afford an Airstream. That's number one. Uh, There are some sketchy places out there, so there's a little bit of that, but um, I don't know, kind of fun. Were you, John? Were you in a? Were you in like a thirty footer or a twenty five footer? Yeah, it was a huge. It was. I think it was a twenty eight footer. If I if I can recall, top of my head, both of them. And um, one is um, one was a B, like a VRBO for RVs that we rented ours from. I can't remember the name of it. But then there was um, Cruise America was the one, uh, which is like a franchise large yep. one that. If, so you drive down the road, you'll end up seeing them now. Next time you're driving down, like wow, Cruise America. They normally have a national park on the side of it with Cruise America. That's kind of their uh, brand. But it's so much fun. It is. Chris, Chris and I did uh, an RV together um, for yeah. each of our Burning Man. Yeah, both times. Yes. Yeah. You know, I heard yesterday on the radio. I was thinking about both you guys as, uh, with us connecting today on the radio. They were talking about if they're going to do it or not, Burning Man. And I think they were talking. It's a flip of the coin if they do it or not. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, think I think they're close to deciding that they're going to do it in some. But I think there's going to be some restrictions. We're not going this year. Uh, but next year, I will. Uh, I'm 75 in August of next year, and I think it's the appropriate timing. It's it's how I want to celebrate my 75th. Would be going to Burning Man. There, there's That's an interesting, cool. there's an interesting discussion in some in some burner circles about um, if they do it this year, they're going to require uh, a validation that you've had a vaccine. Yeah. Well, vaccines aren't required for people under like minors under the age. So this, there is some discussion that this could, if they do it, and I wouldn't go this year, even if they did, but if they do it, this could be the first childless burn. Oh, really? Because there are kids at the burn, but if they can't validate you've been vaccined, like, or excuse me, vaccinated, they won't let you in. How interesting. Yeah. I would think they might, they might make exceptions for, but there's Uh, there's only a small percentage under 10 and a small percentage over, I don't know, 65, something like that. So it's, it's like 5% of the burners are under 10, 5% are over 65. Well, a hundred percent of child burners are way better than regular children. <laughs> Just saying. Way better. They're, they're, you know, that was the last time I saw both of you all was in Napa when we, uh, Brad was in the conversation, the four of us were talking and oh, yeah. I, I guess he, he was the, the leader of the pack yes, and I was like, I'm coming next time you guys do this. It just sounds like so much fun. You, you should think about it. It has, yeah. it has a certain appeal. I will tell you that the, the conversations I've had at Burning Man have been extraordinary. 
I mean, really extraordinary. They've changed how we do business. Many other things that are going on, but but there is a there's kind of a freedom to being in a place where there's you need a satellite phone to get the hell out to have a conversation outside of this area. So, and we did. Chris and I had a satellite phone so that I could be able to call my wife and at least once a day and say, hi, I, I still love you and I'm still here and I'm, oh, wow. not, I'm not crazy. And, I, you know, did, I didn't see anything at the burn that put our marriage in jeopardy. Exactly, exactly. Oh, so, man. you know, it's it's that kind of thing. But, but it is an experience that I think is uh, certainly w- once people should give something unusual like that a shot if they've got the grit john john would your wife come with you oh yeah yeah that's a great oh yeah we i've only met your wife in an elevator yeah um no we had dinner did it was that you um she came to madrid didn't she yeah she but she was coming in you're right i think as we were all going out quite oh, literally at the hotel i think and i met right. her very briefly in the lobby and the and we, and we shared an elevator ride that is right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's well, then. Then I think you really should seriously think about that. Yeah. Well, why she's she's actually introduced me more to this. She's I call her Delta daughter. Her dad retired from Delta after thirty years, right. and so they used to get up and go. And she lived near the airport. They go up to D.C. New York for the day, and they would fly back down that night. And so she loves traveling, and that's one of the things that I just learned from her. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make this happen. So yeah. She's well, got the sense of you know, Brad, I'm sure Brad would be happy to have the two of you. Um, you know, it's a matter of getting an RV and at the right timing, which, which is real. Or, or a yurt. You could get a yurt or if yurt. you want it. Exactly. No, you don't want a yurt. You want a, you want an RV that has some air conditioning and a generator. That's yurts have a swamp cooler, Jerry. You could get a swamp. <laughs> I'll like the air condition. Yeah, let me mark that. Check that on my list. I think we only used it probably three. We were there 10 days the first time. We were there seven and a half the second time. I think we only used the AC like maybe three times, four times yeah. each. Oh, we didn't get that hot then? Okay. Well, you're, to be honest, you're kind of most of the day, you're mostly asleep. Yeah. During the heat. The day, the day you're under, you're under, um, in the shade, if you will. There's wind going through. And so for the most part, it's not so bad. I will tell you that for me, probably maybe once every day or once every other day, I, I needed in the middle of the heat, if there was a lot of heat, I would go in and turn on the air conditioning for an hour or two. At night, however, it's freezing. You need a heavy coat. Yeah. With, uh, you need a fur coat it's that has light. Cold. Get out of here. Wow. No, so by you know ten o'clock in the morning, you you've got till ten o'clock in the morning before the heat starts becoming evident, and and as soon as the um, you know the sun goes down, it's all over. You're you're you know you're freezing your ass off unless you're you're properly addressed. Yep. So you know but, the biggest problems are the 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 alkalinity of the uh, of of the desert itself which can give you all kinds of problems and um and the wind i mean you know you could you could get into a blinding windstorm where you don't know where you are you're totally dislocated so that happened you just have to sit still for that that just happens that just happens and so and so people are prepared for any of these weird things and so you have you have these these um, pouches of water that you're carrying where you can suck water at any point in time, put on a bandana and hunker down for, for literally hours if you need be. Wow. It's, and, and I had been in a couple different situations where at least for a few minutes, I, I had to stop whatever I was doing and, and put on a total bandana uh, to prevent, you know, uh, all of this wind it's a wind it looks like a windstorm you can't see in front of you are there a lot of bands is that what do they have bands set up or in art it's arts and bands if i'm correct in the evening in the evening it goes crazy and there is um a lot more activity around that sort of, chris can talk to that issue a little bit more than i can i went to i went to wine camps at night 
And so <laughs> I would bring a bottle to to tell the wine the head of the wine camp here I'm making a contribution, and then they would they would give me a, a night of being able to drink wine and hang yeah, out. There's um, so it's a city of eighty thousand people that typically a lot of the camps and areas have themes, and so there is an area for like. New Orleans, there's kind of a New Orleans vibe in a, in a particular part of the, the, the grounds, right? It, and so you might go through there and then there's another place that's sort of, there's a, a couple of camps that have, one of our favorites, um, was it, uh, um, Bow, oh gosh, Bow Chicka Wow Wow, that's what it was, uh, where you can go in and it's like, they have what they have are DJs in this giant tent and you go in and there's a line that you wait in to get Bow. Right. So, I mean, there's just any kind of food you could think of any kind of, I wouldn't say bands more than like uh, DJs and, you know, artists, uh, but the art is phenomenal. My favorite. The, yeah. The art is unbelievable. So you see what you see be in behind me is literally 70, 80,000 people. That's it. In these, in these spots. And we were in b or c so you see up in the upper left hand corner there's a uh this looks like some roads going between different different sections we were in the third section c two or three rows in you know kind of thing so so we're up here i mean we're up there in in uh we're up there and it's unbelievable all of this middle area is is a hundred different art installations, some of which probably took hundreds of thousands of dollars in cost as well as labor. Wow, easily. Um, and 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 now are in various museums, including the Smithsonian. Yeah, that's uh, that fascinating. What's behind you right now? I just thought it'd be like, you know, Bonnaroo or a, like, what's that? No. All over the place. This is very- Not, not Bonnaroo. This, is, this yeah. is an organizational structure. So you, you see this, it, it's a city with streets and alleyways and a whole bunch of other kinds of things, but they have 200, 300 doctors volunteering 24 seven to, to run hospitals, um and and little stations they have firefighters they have John, there was a there was a bike camp the chain got thrown off my bike and i was able to walk it about a mile to a camp and their gift to the playa was that they were repairing bikes so they put me in a chair they gave me a, a beer <laughs> and my bike went in and they fixed it no and way it was fantastic came out big hug i rode away on my bike we, I mean, we there's walk, a boot repair, shoe repair store. Like people, everybody brings something right. to the community. We yeah. locked ourselves out of the RV, and and within an hour, we. some well, we right, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> somebody you know somebody came and opened the door. There was a woman in our in our group who had. Was it appendicitis? She had a yeah, emergency she had, appendicitis. Yeah. She had an emergency. She she had a pain that was you know torturous in her belly. She went to the local whatever. They sent her to the the expanded group. They they basically said you know her appendix burst, and they flew her to to um, wherever um, the the nearest town um what was it where did we come from where did well we at reno from? i think they took it so they flew her to reno she had her appendix taken out she came back on friday no yeah she oh, she right. didn't stay long but she did come but she literally figured out how to get back and it's it's like unbelievable that's a rock star <laughs> Uh, totally, totally. But John, I mean, you got to have the conversation with your wife, Wendy. Like, is she okay? Maybe not washing her hair for a week. Oh yeah, we go. We love camping. That's why when you go RVing, it's like glamping. You got you. It's phenomenal. I mean, we we love. So it. so it's two different two different things. But if oh, she yeah. can camp, she can probably I'm, be. I'm, so yeah, John, yeah. I'm serious. You should 
we, we would certainly uh, let Brad know that you might be a, you know, a candidate. But the fact is, um, you know, we get there early. We try to get there early so that we can help set up the camp. The camp is unlike anything you've seen camping in that they literally embed stakes into the ground in a significant portion and, and build uh, poles with a shade above your tent. Well, so Jerry, says, Jerry says they, it's we. So we, Jerry builds it, I build it. But like the whole camp builds it. Nobody does, nobody does anything for you. All of it together. That's super. Well, yeah. we, we might have to. So I have an elementary school child. So either we might have to wait for your 80th birthday or maybe we could sneak out. So we'll, well, you'll be there. How, old, how children. old will your, your yep. son daughter be next year? She's nine. She'll, she'll be nine. So, you know, John, we, we saw a mother son team uh, there playing naked Jenga together. I think he was no more than 11. So. <laughs> It really just depends. I, I will tell you that most kids 10 and under uh, have a ball in all of this because it's it's not engaged. The only I would not I would not bring someone who is post puberty teenager mm -hmm. because it, it just they I think they would confuse the shit out of them. You're talking about all the boobs, Jerry. You're talking about the boobs. <laughs> boobs or whatever but the because there there's an awful lot of stuff going on in their own bodies so of course yeah but but young young kids nine ten i don't know That's man bad. i think i think this is this is like oh my god this is a wonderful place it's it's fascinating and people are so engaged and uh we saw we saw I mean, we really did see an awful lot of kids 10 and under. About 5% of the population is 10 and under. And they are, and it's a great learning experience. There are special events for young kids. Um, there are, you know, and, and really there's a number of camps that, that, uh, that appear to, to support interesting ideas for innovation for children. Yeah. So I think from an innovation point of view, I, th I really would say, you know, you should consider taking your kid before they're into the real serious teenage years. Yep. Or, you know, or after, or I after mean, yeah. obviously. John, I'll tell you it. So, and I think you fit the mold, but the, 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 the demo, but like for a humble leader in probably almost any industry, I would say, you get a couple things from the burn and one might be a suppression of the ego. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, if you're all in uh, and you're abiding by the spirit of everything that's supposed to happen at Burning Man and the people um, and everything it symbolizes, there is, there is a suppression of ego uh, that, that stays suppressed for a period of time after, at least for me afterward. Yeah. Um, but then there is also a level of um, uh, innovation that Jerry was sort of talking about that that stems from a lot of the fascinating conversations like some of the people that you're standing next to and talking to for four or five hours until you understand what they actually do for a living or until you figure out who they are would blow your mind absolutely uh, or or humble the shit out of you yeah uh, because you've just been sitting around like it's a level set there are no clicks there are no any of this so I remember you talking about that. It's almost everybody, you leave it at the door, you come in and it's yeah. just a I think it's good development. Yeah, for, for yeah. humans as well as for, Human. I would tell any leader who can check their ego at the door, it's a really great experience. Now you come in with a big flat, we talk about going in an RV, but these were kind of clunkers that we went in. But if you go in with these big flashy RVs and you're kind of doing the glamping thing, I think you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the whole spirit of it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And there are those camps. You do see those where, you know, nine jet black RVs that are, you know, 50 some odd feet, tinted windows are in a circle that nobody can get into. And there's a, oh, somebody's yeah. in a guard. And like, there is some of that. But, you know, fuck those guys. The, re the rest. <laughs> of there's not that. There's not that much of it. We, we had partnered with a camp that had a bar. And we, it was our favorite bar. What was the name of the bar, Chris? Petting Zoo. Petting Zoo. Yes, Petting Zoo. Mm -hmm. 
And um, there was this woman who was, I, she had to be six foot. Red. Red, yeah. And what a kick. I mean, she, she was outrageous, but, <laughs> and she put in maybe 80 hours over the course of the week bartending, just giving us drinks. I mean, and this is in free spirit, you know, and she's, she was the president of uh, space camp. Well, they, they train. Yeah. The, the idea, I think they were training people she, to, she, she was, she was like, you know, a CEO of a company that did tens of millions of dollars um, with hundreds of people working for her. Not just a kick, but she, she did this every year because she believed she learned more about what she needed to do as a leader. Interesting. That by putting awesome. in 80 hours of volunteer work, That's um, giving me a drink. Exactly. Serving. You know, I... I just love that kind of shit. That, John, that's the kind of people like that. do not meet people like that Tell very often. <laughs> I need Tell a door-to-door -door volunteer like that, please. Yeah, no kidding. I love it. That is awesome. So that's that's our that's our pitch to you. All right. Well, you give it give it some thought. Talk to your wife. So we're skipping this year. They might yeah. do the right. But we are skipping, skipping this year. We're not ready for this year. Yeah, yep. that's interesting. Okay. Cool. Like I want to. I, I. It's definitely on my bucket list. That's a. That's a given. I've, I've. There's so many things on the bucket list, and that's one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it'll change your life. That's excellent. So, how far are you from Napa, Chris? Oh gosh. Um, let's see. Hour and a half. Probably three hours. I guess. That's Roughly. Cool. I'm terrible at that, but I guess I'm about an hour and a half out of. The Bay Area, San Jose, and from there, maybe another hour and a half or two hours, depending on traffic, from the Sonoma Napa area. How'd you pick there from when before when you were in Texas? Uh, well, so I was in Texas, yeah. and I decided to come out to Silicon Valley for a little bit because I used to live out in the area. I loved it. Uh, there were some business stuff for us, Jerry and I, to sort of explore out here. There was somebody out here I was kind of interested in sort of spending more time with. Uh, so, so just said, fuck it and came out here, uh, everything going well on all fronts, uh, signed a lease, did a short lease, did a long lease. Uh, the lease wrapped up this time, the last lease. And I was in, I was in a high rise in downtown San Jose, which, which I loved. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, was like, well, I don't necessarily want to sign another year lease. And so through everything in storage, and picked a place down here, a little cottage by the beach uh, in Carmel. And I'm, I rented it for four months. Awesome. Yeah, managed to talk that person into living with me. So we're seeing how that goes. It seems to be going pretty well. Yeah, the last time I talked to you, did, it was virtual. And you said, hey, check out my view. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. That was, that was San wonderful. Jose. Yeah, that was San Jose. That was down in San Jose. So, so while I've been here, uh, um, there's an investment property uh, that picked up in Austin. And so I will move from here. We will go to Austin and maybe live in that for a little while and then maybe turn it into a rental or something like that. But back, but back in Texas, probably in about six weeks. Yeah. You were Dallas, yeah. right? Yeah, I was in Dallas. I was going to ask you, I was going to pick your brain because uh, I'm planning kind of a fun road trip. So over one week trip to get back and I'm going to go through Palm Springs yeah, that's my first stop for like four days. I got an Airbnb down there. So, is there anything other than Joshua Tree I should check out? I loved um, uh, what's it called, Joshua Tree. I love Death Valley. Have you? Because I think that will kind of be on the route. I would never expected it. It was spring break when we went, and my wife because we want to hit as many national parks that we can. And during that, it was during spring break. So if we went on a summer trip, it'd be way too hot. So um, if it's going during the summer, I don't recommend it. But it was absolutely gorgeous. So if you could work your way through Death Valley, it was it was definitely worth the trip. And then obviously, yeah. as you work your way, you'll have to hit Vegas. You know, enjoy a little bit. <laughs> I think the idea is um, drive late evening uh, for maybe no more than four or five hours, and then stay somewhere for a couple of days, work, 
you know, we, and we're booking uh, these little Airbnbs along the way. And then if there's anybody in those towns, we're dialing them up and saying, hey, come, come see us. You know, we'd love to visit with you and catch up. We're vaccinated. Like, oh, my gosh, let's get some normalcy. You know, I miss some hugs. Well, exactly. Let's do that all the way back. So, yeah. It is awesome. Vaccinate. Do both of you guys get vaccinated? Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I did, too. And it's just it's liberating. It's like, wow, we can actually start to have fun again. Yeah, you yeah. go to restaurants and, you know, start start doing stuff. Once you get your Fauci ouchie, uh, I think you start, you know, you start to be able to start put the pieces back together. So it's nice. Yeah. I got my second one a week ago today. So I've got one week to kill it. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, the first one gets whatever X percent. So I felt really comfortable after the first. So did you, which one did you get? I got Pfizer. How about you guys? I got Pfizer. Uh, And I'm Moderna. Moderna. So did you have any side effects, John? You know, the only side effect was the, the, the old man that pricked me. He was, he, I said, so, Hey, where are you part of the fire department? Cause of the fire department that was given. And he goes, Nope, I'm volunteer. Oh, oh. so I, it was kind of sore for 24 hours. That was really about it. The worst part was my wife at uh, one of my kids sports events. Uh, something happened in the event at the game and she goes, Oh, and she just didn't headbutt me. She just leaned against my shoulder because it was a bad play. I'm like, Oh my God, don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was really about it. She was worn out a little bit more than I was. We got it together. But other than that, it was knock on wood. It was uh, I, I, pretty painful. I had, um, I, it's great. I had the funniest nurse like that you have ever met. Uh, and it, it was done through a drive through So I'm driving the Jeep through. She comes yeah. up, she does a little dance. She's got a World War II nurse's hat on. And hanging from her, from her earlobes are these earrings she made out of the vials. No way of the of the vaccine so they're just sort of dangling and she's like i made it myself so she sticks my partner first right and she's like why didn't i barely even felt that that was wonderful and you know so it goes up great and then she comes over to me and she goes hmm is he a bleeder he might be a bleeder get the big needle and then people are kind of like it was all theatrical etc and before he knew he's gone right in my arm and it was done yeah and I think, the first one i didn't feel at all because she just goes Boop, and walked away which hey god bless him the gentleman that did it he was retired and he was just giving back to the community so um he was probably 80 years old i would guess so probably an art teacher he had no history in anything he just liked to stab people (laughs) (laughs) seventh grade art teacher yeah (laughs) classic exactly yeah i like your background now jerry yeah that was um Oh, it's when we saw John last. That was the last time we saw each other. Yeah, that was a great event. I learned a lot at that event of of a lot of different things from TA practices to um, to wine. So, God, that was fun. Yeah, the only thing that was unfortunate, I couldn't stay for the was that Saturday. I I, I had to leave on Friday. I couldn't stay for Saturday. I had an event back in Atlanta for uh, I can't even remember what it was but it was something that uh, I had to get back to so oh it was great it was really great are you you're going to be with us uh it's next week I think you're going to be with us aren't you for the leadership meeting next week I sure am yeah I'm excited about that a little cocktail did you get your cocktail box I did yeah it should be fun see and when you got it did you know it was the cocktail box from Kirk Crossroads you know, I assumed I wasn't for sure, but then, like, I think I got back to my desk and and looked at my computer, and Barb had something that says you're about to get this, and you know, this is for well, you. Yeah. Set it aside. Don't don't open or don't. I you, suggested you. we needed to send a picture of that cocktail box and remind people that hey, if you got this, you're good, you know, and and register because I forgot. Well, here, here's why Jerry. Here's why Jerry says it because people send Jerry shit all the. I do. I get time. a lot of and, stuff, and he gets cocktail mixer boxes. So when Jerry and I have a little one-on-one call, he's like, "Is this box from us? Is this box from us? Who's <laughs> this little box?" I'm like, "That's our box right there. I don't know who those other two are, but that's ours. You need that for Friday. Don't open that one. Leave that one, or don't use yeah. it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going. Oh, I don't know. Okay. It'll be fun. It's classic. I love it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It'd be good. We got a good group. You know, you guys did a great job the last time too. I mean, and we were still, it wasn't the same. We weren't able to all sit around and share as many best practices 
but it's, it, I think it was so needed for us just to have a great conversation and, mm. and you know, work through the, the stresses of the, in the middle of the pandemic. So, well, to be yeah. fair, for some of us, that was a six hour call. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was well, I, I equated it. That was the after. So we were breakfast meetings, enjoying breakfast and coffee, lunch, sharing best practices. We continued to do that. And then we worked our way into the night. Hey, look, That's right. my dog just came to say hi. Um, worked our way into the night. And that was the around the campfire at the hotel, putting our feet up and having the, the real conversation. Sure. So we're not going to name names. We're not going to say who it was, but somebody did end up in a unicorn outfit on the floor before the end of that. And that's the kind of meeting virtually I like to attend. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, you're right. Because it was, everybody started grabbing different head, you know, yep. and yeah, I was one of them wearing, I can't remember what I wore, but I wore one of them. So. Oh, it was fun. We had a good time. So here's Lily. This is my dog, Lily. She just came to say hi. Hi, Lily. <laughs> She's my older dog, so she's uh, the younger dog's probably beating up on her, so she's coming to probably get some love. Oh, that's great! So you have two? I do, both golden doodles. One's six months old, and she's about seven or eight now. So got it. Yeah. They go with you on the road trip. Sometimes they travel with us. So um, yeah, she she went. She did. She came to um, either the grandparents grab her. Um, she did come with us to um, uh, when we did the Florida one, but not the not the one that we had to fly. So, so John, you have, uh, you have lacrosse today. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Are you playing I, or picking up? I need to oh, know. I am, I am watching, uh, my son, my two sons play on the high school team. So, uh, one is a junior and the other is a freshman. So yeah, I will be a spectator. So I'll, I'll be enjoying the game even more, you know, I didn't know if this was warm up. This is yeah, part yeah. of your warm up for, Oh, without a doubt. This is normally we go to just a local restaurant right prior and, you know, enjoy a cocktail or two prior. So this will be my enjoy a couple cocktails prior. So that's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully I won't yell at the rest too much. Kidding. I don't do that. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's our last game of the year too, before playoffs kick in. So it's, it'll be fun. Yeah. Wow. And are the kids going to playoffs? Yeah. They're going to playoffs. They won, uh, our team won the, it's a high school team. So they won the area. So they'll be Head into the playoffs. I guess that's next week. So, yeah. I have to say, like, I I enjoyed high school. Um, so when my kids were in school, like going every Friday night and watching the game, like yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, it's it's an absolute blast. It's what I do on the weekends and during the week. It's what am I doing? I'm either taking or bringing or taking from a from a carpool or going and yeah. watching events. So. You know, all my friends that have, well, both of you all, you know, my friends that have kids that are, that have grown up and that are young adults or, or adults, like just cherish the time because it goes too fast. And yeah. I'm, I'm not mad it's over, but I do miss it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've continued to hear. Like you have, <laughs> you have an opportunity when you have grandchildren to do the same thing. My, my grandchildren are really engaged in soccer. So you know, yeah. when I can, I, I do make it to some of their soccer events. So, you know, you got opportunity. It'll be there. You just don't have to do the 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 tenuous, the, the tasks. No. Driving for practice. Back and forth. You a cool grandfather you know, that comes in to give him a hug and say, great job. Even if right. John, great job. John, can you see Jerry in an Odyssey minivan? Like people piling in. He opens the door and says, ah, get in. <laughs> And little yeah. soccer girls jump in, and you know they're yeah. All right, everybody, best. shut up. Just, they're singing. You know, they're singing Miley Cyrus songs, and give exactly. me a break. Shut up. <laughs> you would be the cool grandfather. I'm sure you would be. <laughs> I am. I play cool grandfather. You'd yeah. be like, Penny, is this your house? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Luckily, it's one mile from door to door, so uh, it won't be that big of a big of a drive. That's easy. Yeah, exactly. So it should be fun. It's a great group of people that I get to hang out with. So very cool. What's the biggest thing that's keeping you up at night relative to recruiting these days? Uh, Keep relatively to recruiting. Probably what we're doing. So we've got, and I think maybe the last time that we talked, we've got a global restructure program that's happened across the globe, and. Within HR, we're we're driving specifically some new things in HR, and then you dive down to TA. We've got a lot of work in TA, so 
we're putting together um, just a, a new structure, a new agile recruiting structure um, with layering some technology on top of it. So it's, uh, it's a lot of stuff that's keeping up at night. So it's good though. It's a lot of fun. We're having a blast with it. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Great. Any, are you, John, are you seeing any, um, any teams dedicated, because we're seeing a few, but I'm wondering if you've seen any teams dedicated to figuring out the new hybrid work from work remote, work from home, you know, for the workforce as a whole, yeah. right? With organization, like, yeah, yeah, maybe we had an informal policy before. Yeah, yeah, everybody works from home during the pandemic, but have you seen anybody putting something together more formalized or more, more really structured uh, mm -hmm. to, to look at coming out of this? We are, we, we are here at KC right now as we speak. Um, we're gonna have a hybrid model and um, we do value the face-to-face -face interaction um, because there's a lot of great conversation that happens, you know, water cooler talk, you made meetings in person. So we're gonna start off, I, we, we described it as likely gonna be an evolution. Um, we're gonna create, create flexibility that will allow people to work from home when they need to, but we still want people that will be close enough that could come into the office. So you think about where we have offices and locations, we'll still, we wanna be have hubs around those areas. So Chicago, Nina, at least talking North America, Chicago, yeah. Nina, Atlanta, um, but we also have an office in like Seattle. So if we're close to Seattle, we're working through some of the complexities with uh, like taxes and so forth. So we don't have an office in Florida, for example. So we're, we're not going to let people live in Florida because it's too far away from office one, but also dealing with payroll issues and so forth. So, but uh, yeah, it's, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it evolves. But uh, you know, I like what we're doing so far. There's some people that say they want to go more, but um, you know, more flexible, but I see ourselves going there as we start to test this out a little bit more. Our executive leadership team, they're worried that we'll be too fragmented and not bringing people together and our culture gets dispersed without bringing it together. So, um, so you know, it's, it's the culture that they're concerned about. And I, and I get it. I completely agree. Oh, and they're not the only ones. I mean, you got you got a lot of teams that are worried about, like, how do we afford the flexibility without, you know, diluting our culture? Yeah. yeah. That's I, very I, valid. I think it will be a shock if people will not have the flexibility to work a couple weeks, a couple days a week from home, because it will be it, now we all know how productive we are and how flex we are. You know, I wake up in the morning, I go for a run, I get my desk, I jam out some work, I take a shower, then I hit some calls. You know, it's just a, yeah. you kind of ebb and flow to work. And I think people will really miss that if they don't have some of the flexibility. But I still want to go see my friends in the office, too. So it's a, it's I think you get a win win. Yeah, best shape of my life was when I went full-time work from home. Exactly. Like when I had full control of my schedule. Yeah, I lost 15 pounds or 10, 12 pounds during the pandemic because I was running more consistently and, you know, yeah. I enjoyed more wine though, so that counteracted it, but. <laughs> There's a balance. There's a balance. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I, I've seen, obviously, we've all seen some of the technology companies that are you know, that are indexing to weight 100%. And I'd love to see how that evolves um, and see like the studies and the feedback that happens. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see what it does to the the different markets too. I mean, you've got organizations like Spotify who say they're going to pay you the same no matter where you work for this particular job. Uh, and they've got that luxury, but it'll see what, what tech giants uh, yeah. sort of try to mirror that. And then what say, you know, screw it. We're, we're going back to normal a year after this because, and let's face it, Americans have really short memory. Uh, so, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Short memory is definitely the, the case. We do. We do. What pandemic? What did we, ha what did we have? <laughs> Don't take my liberties. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, John, thanks for jumping on. I'm glad we got to catch up with you. It's always good, whether it's a podcast or just hanging out, but it's nice to end up you have an exceptional choice uh, in wines. So well done. Yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, it did. Well, thank you. It's uh, Thanks for having me. Pleasure to see both of you. It's always a pleasure to enjoy a glass of wine and have a chat with both of you guys. I missed it. I missed the I missed the events to be able to go oh. to uh, together and really have the, the, the real deal conversation. We, we, will, we will be back with those yeah. eventually. Sure. We're already we're already planning the meetings for next year. The, the topics and the location, we're already starting to work it out. So we're really, really excited. Every day we're closer. Well, people always ask, is it worth the ROI? And my feedback is that, you know, the the conversation we you know talk about what's keeping up at night, that's good. 
but it's the lunches, it's the dinners, it's the after when you really get in the deep part of it. And that's where the relations are built. And you get to the, the core of like, what really keeps that person up at night? So you got it. Absolutely. That's, that's the big money. Yeah. So you guys enjoy your weekend. Well, All right. You too. Good luck at lacrosse. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Career Crossroads Uncorked. Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin look forward to sharing more drinks and conversation with you next time. Until then, cheers.